Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Dear Ruby podcast. I am your host, Rubina Ahmed Huck, and along with my co-host, Bo Humphreys, Dear Ruby aims to answer all your personal finance questions. Those questions could be about retirement, student debt, should you buy that new car or get a used model, or how much will my divorce cost me? Nothing is off the table at Dear Ruby. Since the start of the pandemic, we have been laser focused on all the ways the economic slowdown caused by COVID-19 is affecting your personal finances. Canadians have a lot of questions about all the emergency benefits brought in to help Canadians financially, and we are here to answer them to the best of our ability. This week, we will break down all the big news stories of the week and how they affect your pocketbook. You can always reach us to ask questions at dearruby.com, D-E-A-R-R-U-B-I.com, and we're also on Instagram and Twitter. Just search for Dear Ruby Podcast. Bo, how's it going? It's been a it's been a really uh, nice week here in Southern Ontario. Super hot, lots of stuff to do outside. We're now in phase three, so we're able to kind of get out to the park and stuff. How how's your week been? Yeah, we actually went to. What did we do? We went to the splash pad yesterday. That was fun. Um, Henry just runs around. It's tough though. Like I'm, you know, I'm not sure. Do I keep him away from other little kids? Like it's hard. Like, uh, are you taking your kids to the park to keep them away, or what do you do? So we are taking them to the park. And so what will happen sometimes is that you know, in our local park, we'll end up seeing somebody we know. And then those, like, this is kind of like a look into what's going to happen when schools open. Yeah. I mean, he was holding his friend's hand because that's what they do. They walk around, you know, like little, sure. little kindergartners. Oh, that's, that's they, that's adorable. how they, yeah, that's what they do. So how do I like, and obviously once he was holding his hand, I'm like, well, he's already touched him. It's not really much I can do now. Yeah. So I, as soon as he came home, I washed his hands. Yeah. Then you just disinfect, you do what you can do. I mean, he's holding everybody's hand at daycare, my, Henry, I'm, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Right. So like I already have that exposure and then you're saying, uh, yeah, your kids are going to have that when they go back to school too. Mm-hmm. How are we going to deal with that? Yeah. Or, or maybe they're not supposed to touch at school. Is that right? Well, I think, Teachers will, to the best of their ability, keep kids apart because obviously the more they're touching the same things and touching their face, if there is a COVID-19 outbreak, there's more chances you'll get it. Uh, But I just don't know how they're going to do that because kids want to... um, Kids want to, you know, hug and yeah. kiss and be around. You know, that's what little kids do. Um, well, they're and- teaching in daycare. They're teaching social distancing uh, mm-hmm. or physical distancing just as a concept. You know, I mean, he's 18 months old, right? Mm-hmm. But he's they're they're doing incorporating it into their teachings. Like they're not they're not stopping him from doing things, but they're mm-hmm. saying, hey, you stay in. Hey, this is your space to play in, and this is your space. They're doing things like that. Um, so it's all very interesting, you know, to grow up in this kind of thing and to see how that's going to affect um because you know eventually w- once the kids understand we should tell them to you know only touch others when necessary and don't get in their breathing space and uh, w- uh i forget is masks a thing in high schools or what, what so uh, you can you can uh you don't have to wear a mask uh up until grade three but i'm going to try to encourage my kids to do it because yeah. Um, even if they wear it 50% of the time, it's 50%. The problem is when they wear it, like my son sucks on the mask. So yeah. it's like soaking wet. So I'm not really sure if like it, it like that's disgusting too, right? Like, <laughs> like I, so I, I don't know if it's going to work for my son. My daughter will wear one. She's kind of, um, 
She's a bit scared about getting sick too. So she's a little bit, okay. she's already kind of vigilant with washing her hands and stuff. So I'm not as worried about her. But yeah. um, it's just such We're a... just getting closer and closer to the, the this time. The school time is only in a couple of weeks, right? Yeah, three it's weeks? like it's three weeks away. And I think it's going to be like one big experiment. <laughs> I, I really feel I like we're so setting... I Yeah. I have a mini one going on right now I, mm-hmm. uh, with the daycare. But it's such a small, small cohort compared to what... Like, you know, there's classes and then, I, like, even though they're going to keep classes separate, like, I don't know, just like just like anything. How can you keep kids from doing what they want? Mm-hmm. They're going to break the rules a little bit. And they don't understand the consequences enough to not, right? That's really what it comes down to. It's tough. Is that, how are you feeling about that? Is it, are you, like, is it something that's making you anxious or are you just kind of taking it as it, as it comes? So my attitude is, is that I'm not as smart as the health officials. And so I'm just following their advice. Like a lot of people have their own opinion and that's fine. Like I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to tell people what they should, should and shouldn't be doing. But I like when the health officials said, take your kids home, we took them home. When they say now we can take them back into class, you know, like I'm just doing what they tell me to do. Um, and making sure that, um, that I'm not, you know, I'm working within the rules because that's the best I can do. Like if I make up my own rules, I might not make the best decisions, right? So yeah, and if we all did that, there'd be sort of social chaos, right? So yeah, we have yeah. to follow some sort of yeah, some sort of rules, some sort of even if it's recommended. Generally, that's what people do is they follow whatever is socially accepted. So I'm glad masks are the thing because now I can go grocery shopping and and, and not be terrified. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, you know, I also, uh, you know, I took some steps to deal with my anxiety too, right? I talked to the doctor and, and uh, it's, you know, there's certain, um, there's generally, you know, everyone has anxiety, general anxiety, but uh, there's certain things that uh, just like, if it's just irrational anxiety, mm-hmm. maybe you need a little help, right? So, you know, just looking into the options there, it's always, uh, it's always good to talk to somebody about, you know, if you have um, something that's really you know, affecting your life, you know, anxiety in, in my case, right? So that's what, that's what, kind of what I've been doing on my vacation is mm-hmm. uh, dealing with all my issues. <laughs> that's what uh, you do, right? Yeah, well, COVID's really helped people reflect, I think, on who they are, what they want from life, um, mm-hmm. because we have time now to sort of think and sit in our own selves. We don't have outlets like going into work and going to see other friends. Like, we just don't have that. So you just sort of take you 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 kind of see life for what it really is right because you're just you're just with your family all the time you're at home all mm-hmm. the time um and then some things you don't want to go back to like a lot exactly. of times yeah like you do something obligatory because every friday night people get together That's what we do right yeah, yeah. And, but then you're like i haven't done it for five months and i don't miss it so i don't want to go back it. to that yeah. yeah yeah i've done i've, I've uh you know yeah i've, I've uh Done that reflection this uh, past couple of weeks for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's good. It's, it can be a good good move, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wanted to start uh, today's uh, podcast by talking about um, Serb ending. I know we talk so much about Serb, but there's like it's it just dominates all of my social feeds. Yeah, because I still asking feel questions. like I don't fully understand. So yeah. like, the more we talk about it, the better, because I'm not necessarily understanding where we're going from here. Right. right. 
So the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives, which is a left-leaning think tank, uh, put out some numbers talking about CERB ending and how it's going to affect Canadians. Um, you know, more than uh, 4.7 million people, according to them, have received CERB. And that's, yeah, that's a huge, I mean, the whole labor force is only 19 million. So that's like, wow. I don't know whether that 4.7 million is individuals or whether they, they're saying 4.7 million people applied at, you know, so if I applied three times, do I count three times in that 4.7 million? Yeah, this is the best estimate on their part. Uh, yeah, Because exactly. well, only the government has the numbers, right? Uh, yeah. previous months too. And the one thing about CERB was that um, anyone can apply for it. Uh, you don't have to have paid into unemployment insurance. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have made up the hours. Um, so a lot of people who are getting their last uh, four weeks of CERB, which is from August 30th to the end of September, um, won't qualify for EI. So now there's this question mm-hmm. of how are they going to survive? And in some cases, uh, people who do qualify for EI because they work minimum wage jobs, they're going to get a lot less um, on average, according to the same uh, report, EI uh, recipients are going to get three hundred twelve dollars a week, which is a lot less than five hundred. All of a sudden, yeah, you're the, out. The max is like just around five hundred, isn't it? Yeah, um, I think five fifty-seven or something. More yeah. than the what is it? Fifty-four thousand now. Yeah, about fifty-five thousand. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So if you make fifty-five percent of that. So mm. many people making fifty-five and over. Um, you know. They may not have even lost their job because maybe they're in a, in a type of job that wasn't affected. They could work from home. A lot of the jobs that were lost were minimum wage jobs or jobs in restaurants or people who have already kind of precarious work conditions. And so they definitely are not going to be getting that getting full, max. Uh, yeah. getting that max. So um, I think, you know, CERB is, um, has done its job. I mean, people have stayed, um, have been able to, you know, keep their expenses going. People have stayed out of debt because of it. Yeah. I think the prime minister even made that comment. You know, we took the debt so you wouldn't have to. Um, but the pandemic is still here and um, mm-hmm. people don't feel comfortable uh, going back to work. People might are still going to get COVID-19 and have to leave work. So what is going to be available to them? Um, because it sounds like almost half of the C- the CERB recipients are not eligible for EI under the existing rules. Yeah. The, only the people who qualified before, right? So yeah, they have to change these rules, uh, or um, make it make a different program for those who don't qualify. Which I mean, I guess that's what CERB was. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, and and they still haven't come up with it yet. No. So the the federal government says they're going to announce something. There will be. Um, they also saying it's going to be a seamless transition from CERB to EI. Let's see how seamless that yeah. is. <laughs> uh, I don't know I don't what know, that means. A good claim to make. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've um, I've been really impressed. I've said this many times with the programs, whether it be CERB or the wage subsidy or um, the small business loans. Like all these programs, I think have kept businesses afloat. Yeah. Uh, but uh, like we have, I-, I think now the message really is is that if you can work, you should go back to work uh, because it's safe enough, uh, especially if you're not living in Toronto or Windsor, the two kind of places where there's more cases. Um, I would, you know, I would, I would encourage people to, um, to feel confident and take all the right precautions, wear a mask and obviously like good hand hygiene and all that, uh, to actually go out and start working again, because, um, I don't know whether there is going to be enough, uh, benefits for people who, um, who don't qualify for EI. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to be able to come up with now. Yeah, that's, that, that, that's really it, right? It's just, 
we hope that there's enough for those who aren't able to go back. But if you are able to go back in whatever capacity, then you should just in case there isn't anything there because we yeah we can't count on like just like before like if you stopped working and you weren't uh working for somebody else um you couldn't go on ei and so Mm -hmm. what is there for you right so you would probably have to try to find something else uh before you left whatever situation you're in and that's kind of where we have to be right now uh it's tough it's a tough place to be for for people especially with the job markets being the way they are if somebody was working in the the big industries that just aren't not coming back right away like uh in uh, live entertainment hospitality um you know it's tough mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. so yeah i guess um those who can go should go back or 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 figure out how to work um uh, pivot do something so that those who are really just stuck then they can use whatever government benefits are available mm-hmm. um then that's yeah that's really uh, help try to help others by uh, you know figuring out yourself if you can. Um, uh, another really interesting story this week uh, is about Interact. Um, so everyone knows Interact. It's uh, how you can use your debit card. They're like they're the middleman that helps get the money from your bank account to wherever you are trying to purchase something. Um, there, the Bank of Canada now has designated Interact eTransfer. Uh, uh, they're calling it a prominent payment system. So there is now going to be as uh, response. The Bank of Canada now has a formal responsibility uh, for the oversight of clearing and settlement systems, um, and that is going to now apply to Interact too to make sure that that uh, system never goes down. That there's always yeah. uh, available to Canadians. It's really, the pandemic has. Um, accelerated people's use of um, contactless and digital, uh, like digital uh, payments, and uh, millions of Canadians use the Interact system every day. Whether it's to send money electronically or pay for something at a store, um, and what they're saying is that if Interact was to break down, it would have a really uh, uh, immediate economic impact on Canadians because not everybody uses their credit card. Interact, you know, a lot of people use debit now as they would use cash rather than charging something they like like to have the money taken right out of their bank account so i thought that was really interesting that that's this the pandemic has sort of accelerated people's understanding of how digital uh payments work and now they're so important especially with health and health and safety in mind that the bank of canada wants to make sure that um, those systems are always available to every canadian yeah because interact uh you know is a third party right Uh, it's not a government uh uh, agency and uh you know they're paid for by uh, by the banks and by retailers uh, in terms of transaction fees, which are much lower than credit card transaction fees. So retailers mm-hmm. tend to prefer using debit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, in the U.S., uh, debit is uh, all through the same uh, Visa and MasterCard uh, mm-hmm. networks, right? So they we, we have this unique thing in Canada, which is a, a independent of credit cards debit network. Uh, mm-hmm. That all banks are connected to. You can't do interact online uh, for uh, specifically um, like payments. Um, so, like the CRA, for example, if I'm paying my HST or like a uh, an interim tax, uh, I'm using Tangerine, and they're not connected to interact online that mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. For some reason, that's the only thing that the bottleneck there for me. So I can't pay uh, my tax bill online with Tangerine because they use the Interact online system and Tangerine is not on that, probably because it's expensive and uh, Tangerine wants to be uh, fee 
uh, free, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, they do email money transfers for free, and you know anything you can do at a retailer, it's all free. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's the only bottleneck I've found there. But maybe uh, with this being sort of more federally monitored, maybe that means all banks will have to have connections to things like that. But mm-hmm. maybe that's a luxury. Maybe just ha- being able to pay your pay your taxes uh, through that method is a luxury. I don't know. Yeah, I have to always use um, my. Uh it's called Visa Debit. I for sure. to pay my to pay my yeah, uh, and, I don't have and that. yeah yeah so and and you're right. I have to tr- I have um simply financial. It won't and allow me to have that either. Okay. Yeah, so I transfer because my husband and I have a joint account at TD. So I have to. It's a kind of annoying because yeah, obviously right? I yeah I put my money I've in my own my account. I use my business account my my the to pay. Yeah, so that's yeah. So like, I have there's to a workarounds right. Yeah. You can uh, uh, set up automatic payments, like uh, yeah, sure, like, you can do that otherwise. Yeah. yeah, but I often just pay when it's due, like on my own. Um, you can do bill payments, I think, actually, right? Yeah, you yeah, exactly. But, but you want it, I wanted to get there like now, and mm-hmm. that's why I would want to do interact online. Uh, you bill payments take three to five days sometimes, right, or two to three days. Yeah, exactly. And they can take you a while. Don't want while. your taxes to be caught up in that. But hey, if you give you pay ahead of time, then it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, again, a federal sort of story, um, uh, people are purchasing more stuff online because of COVID-19. And so um, yeah, I mean, Amazon uh, is, I think their profits are, I don't know exactly how much, but their profits are up uh, tremendously during the pandemic because everyone's buying everything to have it delivered to their door, contactless shopping. Um, now, uh, Canada's Competition Bureau is launching an investigation into uh, Amazon uh, to see how their website, which is U.S. owned, <clears throat> is impacting competition uh, in Canada. And is it at the detriment of consumers and companies that do business in Canada? So is Amazon taking basically, you know, this is like Walmart all over again, is mm-hmm. the big conglomerate coming in here and crushing competition, the small stores, other online retailers? Uh, are people just going to Amazon now because um, it's the most recognizable name when it comes to online shopping? And so they... the uh, Competition Bureau, I think rightfully so, wants to look at exactly, um, you know, how how they're um, how they're uh, impacting uh, other other businesses in Canada. Yeah, well, because I don't know if everybody realizes that when you go on Amazon, it's not always Amazon that's selling you the product. Uh, it could be a, another a third party uh, selling it through Amazon, and then it's fulfilled by Amazon, so it's seamless to you. Really, it doesn't matter. It just says sold by whoever, mm-hmm. right? But I guess their concern is if all Canadian retailers are going to Amazon, uh, funneling everything through there, t- only to come back to Canada. Um, you know, do we need? Uh, do people need to set up their own Shopify sites, or do we mm-hmm. need to have more promotion for Canadian companies to sell directly to consumers? Mm-hmm. Amazon has this a fantastic infrastructure uh, that no one else has. Right? The fact that somebody can they can promise to a uh, one two day delivery. Which is like, you know, the giant warehouse is, is in Mississauga, Brampton. Um, I believe it's in Mississauga. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I've, I've, uh, when I was driving Uber, I, I uh, drove somebody there once. Um, and it's huge, right? And so they, pr- they have a lot of regular stuff there already. Um, so that's how a lot of this stuff can get there s- here so quick. Um, but they can just get stuff to there every day, right? So just, you know, they just throw stuff on the plane or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's it's really one of those um, things where they built this uh, this really great system and it's, it was perfect for the pandemic. Mm-hmm. It's, like they, it was, it's like they knew, like they were positioning themselves for this. And 
even if you don't like Amazon, it's still you might be like, oh, I I don't like Jeff Bezos or you know all all of the or how much he pays his employees or their their uh, values or whatever. But I don't. I really don't want to go and sit in the parking lot at Canadian Tire and w- hope that somebody brings out my thing, mm-hmm. or have it go into a store. Mm-hmm. So if those things are gonna, they're gonna affect our values. Even they're gonna make us question, like, well, okay. I mean, I'll do it for now during the pandemic. But when it, that's all done, then I'll go back. Maybe that's mm-hmm. what people are thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, but will they? Once they realize all this convenience, once you have Prime, it's really awesome. Like you know. <coughs> I don't know. It's it is. Really it is. I mean, that, it's awesome. Yeah, and it's so convenient. Like the app is so good, and uh, you can find anything on there. And their prices are absolutely competitive, uh, even for everyday things like toilet paper and um, shampoo. It's the same. Like whether I go to a local store, and so um, you know, where who is that benefiting when I buy from Amazon? Is it benefiting an American company? Is it benefiting yeah. a Canadian supplier? So I think those are the questions that they're going to ask. Because good questions, right? Yeah. yeah we yeah. should so, all know this too. We should all know. It's a really good, that, that, that's a good point. Like mm-hmm. just for us, whether it's mm-hmm. a, a competition bureau issue or not, we should know, right? Who's making money off of the things when we buy them. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we have an option to buy to support our own, uh, um, you know, our neighbors. So what they're looking at is that are they abusing their power? It's called abuse of dominance. That's what sure. the Competition uh, uh, Act is is uh, trying to figure out whether they abuse that. There is a fine if they're found guilty. Very little, I would say, ten million for the first time, fifteen million for the next they don't time. Care. But yeah, it's like a, a half Pennies. a day of half a minute of sales for them. I mean, they made wow. four uh, Canadians in uh, May alone. Uh, bought four billion dollars of items online in may um, alone in may alone unbelievable yeah. so that's why the bezos is a trillionaire now right yeah he is a trillionaire oh, now i think oh well, the company is worth a trillion dollars yeah. sure yeah and he's he's got lots of that company yeah yeah i agree wow. so yeah so um you know we didn't get a lot of questions this week uh uh to answer but we do encourage anyone uh that has a question about uh anything to do with your personal finances, especially COVID-19, how it's affecting you. If you're worried about CERB and it coming to an end and how you're going to uh, get through uh, the next few months as the economy starts to pick up, but we also don't know what's going to happen. Are we going to be in lockdown again? And um, what's the situation going to be like? I also wanted to just add that, you know, um, I had a a conversation with Bo before all of, all of this. And, and if you're, if you're struggling with something with your mental health or, Something that, you know, you feel the pandemic has exacerbated, sort of helped you understand yourself better. It's like, I really want people to know that they can get help and that to to reach out to people that they can talk to. And sometimes it's not your husband or your best friend. Sometimes it are there are people that you can talk to that are going to actually guide you in the right way. And mm-hmm. to find those people... Um, because sometimes it's hard when you have people close to you uh, trying to ask them for help because they see you day to day. And so they they may not see the suffering as much because you seem to be managing it. And, and they don't know how to help, really. Right. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes they don't they don't know. And uh, they're going to try, of course. Mm-hmm. Right? But yeah, it's it's good to. Yeah, it's good to talk about it and reach out. Yeah. And I, I think I think that. um I think that uh, we can all use a little bit of uh, help sometimes, and there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that. Um, if you guys have any questions and you want to send them to us, you can always 
find us at dearruby.com, D-E-A-R-R-U-B-I.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram. Just search for the Dear Ruby podcast. Uh, we love your questions and we love people, um, you know, writing in, whether it's through the website or just through social media. And we try to get the answers for you uh, during this pretty wild time. And we'll, uh, we'll keep uh, talking about this stuff every week as long as we can. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks so much for a great show and um, we'll talk uh, a great podcast and we'll talk next week. All right. See ya. See ya.